Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Show. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This week, I am joined by Michael Leone from Daily Roto and Roto Experts. And uh, in this episode of the show, we are going to talk about play draft best balls. Uh, Leone has just started a couple. I've done about 10 or 15 so far. So we're going to talk a little bit about some sort of obvious values, the way the ADP looks right now, some of the guys that I've drafted a bunch of, and just sort of give the landscape because I'm curious what you think, Mike. Do you think that the ADPs right now are pretty exploitable? I think so. If our projections are good, they are. <laughs> I'm pretty confident the projections are good. No, I'm pretty confident. I, like there's are. like especially early, like there's some guys that I really feel strongly about and you know, I guess like jumping right into the ones that I've started, I've been surprised. Um, I've done two leagues, one 10 teamer and one 12 teamer. I uh, picked middle of the pack and the 10 teamer and coming back, I had a shot at both Juju and Odell Beckham, who we have as top 10 overall players. And then in the 12 teamer that I did, I picked 12th on the turn and I just missed out on Mixon who went before me. And then I had, uh, options of Chubb, Odell, and Juju again. And we're really high on both Odell and Juju. Juju seeing all that extra volume. We actually have him half PPR scoring sixth overall, and we have Odell seventh overall. We have them ahead of Julio and Devontae Adams. So I think one, the top receivers are probably going a little bit too late to begin with. And the- Yeah, this always happens early for me, from my experience in drafts. What happens is in early drafts, the mediocre, the second-tier running backs get pushed up and the elite wide receivers get pushed down. And that, you know, create, and then, but like on top of that, the order, which I think like you can make an argument for any of like Juju Odell, Julio Devante Adams. And then I think we have Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins a little bit behind those. But because there's that mix of guys, like if you wanted to get a stud running back, like you probably could take that chance. I mean, you don't get to pick where you draft, obviously, in draft, but you've got a pretty good shot at like one of those guys falling late too. So uh, I went, so my two starts were Melvin Gordon and Juju. And then I wanted to diversify on the second one, and I went Chubb and Odell going with the Cleveland stack. I kind of was thinking of going Juju and Odell on that one. I'm going double receiver start because the guy that you wrote an article on who you're super high on Damian Williams seems like at least middle of the third, like in my 10 teamer, I'm up in a couple of picks and he's on the board and that would just be a pretty sick start. Being able to get Williams in the third is like a huge thing in these drafts right now because if I end up being right and Kansas City doesn't draft a running back and he ends up being their lead back, you're getting what will likely be a top 10 player in fantasy in the middle of the third round. It'll be sort of similar to teams that drafted Kelsey last year in the third round mm-hmm. where you just you just have this huge building block that's putting in a contributing score to your lineup every single week in the third round, like, you know, the, the hit rates as you go down are so much lower. And I think Williams's hit rate is like much higher than most of the third round picks. Yeah. So there's like a really good shot of our top 20 players 
Um, we have Damian Williams 21 right now in the consensus rank, I think. Um, we'll have to get on Anthony. He's dragging him down with his 29th ranking. But So unreasonable um, with the probabilistic rankings, Anthony. <laughs> there's a really good shot that you get three of our top 20, like two of our top 10 players and then a third top 20 player in the first three rounds of a 12-teamer. Because like even like Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are guys that we like that seem like they can be there end of two, early, mid three. Uh, I actually think there's a couple things that is making first round, first and second round ADP weird right now relative to like the last four years of fantasy. And those things are that Rob Gronkowski is no longer the top overall rated tight end. So that that's completely gone from the first and second round equation and Antonio Brown not being the top wide receiver off the board. Yeah. I think those two things are combining to make a much more varied first round than normal. Like I don't think you'll see very many top 24 picks be the same in a ton of drafts. Yeah. Which I think is good early on. Like you get away from the group think early on. And we were talking about this, like in regards to Damian Williams too, like you think he's a first round pick. But like to take these, there, these are so exploitable that like, and, and that's what's fun about best balls. If you play so many of them, and I like playing on draft because the payout structures are a little bit flatter. Like it's not winner take all. Like if you do a bunch of these, you can take chances at getting like some super optimal lineups because you can play the ADP where, you know, maybe we have a guy ranked 10th, his ADP is 30. You try and get him, you know, in the 20s. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can game theory it. A little bit like that some other guys we look like you know we're a little high on like in these first like four rounds or so like Aaron Jones and T.Y. Hilton and then the field looks like they're a little bit high on James Conner and David Johnson whereas we kind of like those receivers better like those are two of the guys I think are consistently going that are pushing back those really high end receivers uh, as of right now I'm also way more comfortable than the field going zero RB uh, in these early drafts. Like, cause I, there are some guys late that I really like at the running back position that I feel pretty confident are going to be able to deliver starting running back scores. Like Ito Smith is a guy that uh, has the Matic favorite tag on the Roto experts rankings and you can get him very late. Uh, Chris Thompson is another one. I really expect uh, like, the, the ranking of Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson and like people thinking that those guys are going to be big contributors this year just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Because even with Keenum, what, what is the likelihood that Washington is able to field competitive teams? I just feel that it's so unlikely because they have so much dead money tied up in Alex Smith. I just think that they're going to be trailing so much. And if Thompson gives you 10 healthy games for his price. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things, and we'll go through some more, but in our projections, we have these icons to kind of like immediately add context to the projections and the rankings. So if you're going zero RB, you know, we're going to tag some guys as zero RB candidates. So you know the type of guys that you should be taking later. And um, yeah, I do think it, I, I just joined another one. And I picked six. I kind of wish I picked that turn again and went dual receiver. But the the hard part picking six, though, is like I like the idea of Damian Williams in third as like a hybrid zero running back start where you just get this great value for Damian Williams. You go receiver, receiver, but I feel like at six you kind of gotta gotta take a running back to start. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I mean, especially just the way like the, the way the market Murphy, is defined. Kamara, McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, like as the as the clear top five, and then after that, I think you can make 
So I'm picking six. So if all five are gone, maybe I go receiver, but I think I'd still probably take Mixon in there. I don't know. What do you think? Would you well, just the, the thing with that early running back slot right now, you know, you're picking at five, six, seven is in years past, just the way ADP would have been defined is you would have been, the choice would have been, you know, your fifth running back or clearly the number one wide receiver and Antonio Brown. And now I think there's enough market uncertainty about who the best wide receiver is that you're likely to get a guy you really like coming back. Yeah, you could still get the number one receiver come. I mean, I was in this, you know, my buddy was in this spot too. He had Juju, who we have as number one receiver. He got in the second round. It seems like Juju's a tremendous value right now. Um, maybe we're a little high on the efficiency and pass attempts for Pittsburgh, but that's something we looked into and messed with, and he still gets spit out. Um, you know, yeah, we still, even with toning back that offense, we still have him as the third most targets and like he has like less receptions than uh michael thomas and you know like he just has better efficiency yeah so if you're picking six the danger spot though is if it goes barkley zeke kamara mccaffrey gordon and then you get into this like do you get sucked into uh Todd Gurley. <laughs> I see, and I think I, I've not taken Todd Gurley once, and I don't think I will. I don't who, think. Who I do have. you take at six if those top five are off, though? All right, so let's let's just go through this. Let's go through this, looking at uh, looking at so our basically our top five overall guys are running backs, which I think I agree with. Zeke, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Gordon. Like whatever order you have them, those are the top five. See, at that point, I might take. Juju or Odell because I really just like with with this uncertainty with Gurley I'm just not super interested yeah I think the question is do you take like our projections love Chubb and Mixon like do you go with one of those guys or do you just say I'm gonna I think the move would be to take Odell because you can maybe get Juju on the way coming back and you can start Odell because then maybe you start Odell Juju Damian Williams which um in our projections, like it's potentially three first rounders. Um, and that's what I think is so much fun about these early best ball leagues. Like, cause there's no league you're going to do in August. We're going to be like, I'm drafting maybe three first rounders. Like the market's going to. Yeah, the, the market will just be too efficient. And like, like yeah, the- your edges are like by two or three picks, not by like a full round. Yeah, and like uh, when we first started building the best ball tools and I was like doing drafts, like Drew B, of course, made a snide comment like, oh yeah, the best thing to do is lock up your money for eight months against other sharp people. But I do actually think there's a pretty good argument that this is like the most profitable time to be doing them if you have projections built out that you trust in, which I do. Like I like I know that these projections are built from a solid level and like I was thinking that we had Chubb and Mixon projected pretty aggressively, and I went back and looked at all this, the stuff that we had set, and it, none of it seems like indefensible or outrageous. Like yeah. even even with this aggressive Joe Mixon projection, I'm still giving Gio Bernard like a draftable amount of work, and like yeah, I should note in half PPR, as aggressive as we have those guys, we have Juju Odell Julio. Devontae Thompson Hopkins all just ahead of them so our projections say to go receiver if you you know those five running backs come basically you want Gurley to come off the board in the top five and and then you can grab one of them um Gurley is definitely like that's like where would you take Gurley because him and Le'Veon Bell are like two really interesting names see like those two guys I probably just won't take Honestly, yeah. like I won't take Gurley until 
we get some sort of indication of what they plan to do with him and how he's planned to be treated the next year. And Bell, it just seems like a particularly difficult equation to handle because Sam Darnold could either take a real step forward or even if he does take a step forward, the Jets could run such a slow offense. You know, Adam Gase's offenses were a play and a half slower than every other offense in football the last two years in Miami. So it could just be a thing where there are all these contextual factors really going against Le'Veon. And then looking ahead, like I said, I just started, so I'm only through like two or three rounds in a few of them. But the guys that seem like good values that our projections really like, like Kenny Stills, no matter what I do to the Miami projections. There's nothing we can do to make Stills and Parker look worse. They're like we, We'd have to give them like 12% target shares or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now because I want to look at the – because we have him as a top 100 overall player, and the Fantasy Pros consensus ranking is like 150-ish right now. Some of the ADPs on draft are a little bit sharper than the Fantasy Pros consensus. I don't know how often guys are actually updating the rankings. Um but here, I'm going to search for him because I want to see what his ADP is in draft right now. I think so that the, the ADP will so probably Stills be... his ADP is 163. Yeah. We have him as a top 100 overall player. And that is with like a pretty tame yards per temp baseline. And that's with 17.5% market share targets. like Which is not high, which is like lower than what he was at for a good chunk got, of last and year. So if you dra- like you've got so much room for error though, like you can take him in round rounds eight, nine, 10, and you're getting a great value. So like, he's one of the guys I'm very excited to draft. The other guy is Sammy Watkins, ADP of 75 right now, which uh, to me is insane because we had him beating that ADP comfortably before the Tyreek Hill news came out. Right. Now you've got a guy that, if Tyreek Hill plays all 16 games is undervalued and you've got like, I don't know what percentage the equity, but there's like some decent equity that Hill does not play 16 games. Right. So like worst case scenario, you're already getting a good value. So like round five, even end of round four, I'm pulling the trigger on Sammy. I just think um, the efficiency for him. And don't forget, like when he was healthy, he was creeping to around 20% market share. Like yeah, the market he was, he was like a good and involved part of the Kansas city offense. Yeah. And we saw it in the, the playoff game, you know, he comes out of, he doesn't yeah, play. He crushed. Yeah. He doesn't play at all. And then just killed the Colts. And I think we might even be a little bit low on him knowing that Chris Conley left. Like there's probably even room for him to creep up higher in market share just because they, they, I, it's so interesting looking at this roster. Like they, they are, you know, one of the, the, like they were just in the AFC conference championship game and the roster is so bad. The, the Chiefs roster is just not – it's not good. There's so many holes everywhere that I just don't even really know what they're going to do in the draft. I would think they will probably draft a receiver though. Yeah, so it looks like the move right now in KC is like fade the high-end guys in Kelsey and Hill. And unless you like really want to get that tight end early in round two, um, which is like, I think that's more of a macro approach thing. Like projections wise, it's hard to like factor in whether or not you should do that. Like our projections have Kelsey 14th overall, 
which is fine in round two. It's just those receivers we have top 10 overall are available. So I find myself not taking him. I think he's fine in round two though. Like if you, if you wanted to build that way, like, and then that makes it easier to only pick two tight ends instead of three. Which is, we know from looking at the best ball tools, that's like a winning strategy. Like teams that drafted two tight ends did better than teams that drafted one, three, or four, which it makes sense because that just gives you another roster spot to take uh, an extra running back. One guy that I've been taking a lot in these is Giovanni Bernard. You know, we were talking about Mixon earlier, but Bernard has upside in a couple ways. The first way would be obviously the mix and injury, but the second way is that he sort of develops into like maybe like a theoretic Tavon Austin sort of role where he's getting like eight to 10, like sort of interactions a game as the secondary running back and like slot wide receiver, just because I I'm like, I'm like pretty high on this new Bengals coach. Cause like just looking at the Bengals offensive weapons, it, it seems like they're going to be good. They have two good tight ends. They have three good wide receivers. I may maybe calling maybe calling John Ross good is an overstatement. He's fine though. Like it seems like they should be good. They want are they gonna trade him? I feel like if yeah. that was gonna happen, it would have already happened. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And again, you know, there's some zero RV targets. Like we've got Chase Edmonds, you know, Elijah McGuire, some guys. Ballage in Miami seems pretty interesting just because no one ever seems to trust Kenyon Drake there. And there's not much there, you know, unless they draft someone. Or I mean, they probably do bring somebody else in at some point. But Blosh had a couple. I, I think he's interesting. He was, yeah, he was right, interesting. He's, he's, he's definitely an interesting type guy. And, um, I'm trying to, and again, we're going to have an ADP tool on site. We already have a tool like you were referencing where you can look at the draft tournament rosters from last year and see which were most successful relative to the field. Draft did release some more data for the regular league. So I'm excited to dive into that. So we'll have that information too, which will let you see like not just how you should construct rosters overall, but kind of by round. Um, What was interesting I found in FFPC is like, people that drafted heavy running back early were worse than the rest of the field. And this kind of goes back to what we were saying. Like there's a really good ability to start kind of like a hybrid zero running back. I never really go full zero running back because I feel like getting one stud guy is so important. And also if you have guys like Damian Williams who are just straight up good values, you don't want to pass on them. But anyways, yeah, definitely check out the draft tool. Um, and I think it's, it helps a lot too if you're playing in multiple leagues. Where like if you're playing in one league, it can be hard to take two quarterbacks and two tight ends because you might feel the need to get three of each for this. Yeah, just for safety or whatever. But when you're playing 10 leagues, you draft two in all of them and it's more optimal and you just chalk up the leagues where you run bad in injuries. Like those are going to be losses. That's fine. Um, but you're building more optimally. You're increasing your win equity overall and you want to embrace the variance a little bit more when – the math says this is plus EV over the long run if you have those leagues. So like join like some cheaper leagues on draft and do a bunch of them. Um, yeah, I'm just doing a bunch of $5 leagues right now. Like, put and it with like the slow drafts, it's like, it's so easy to do. You don't feel overwhelmed at any point. You just check in with the app like once every now and then. And if you're up, you're up and you've got time to dissect it. But yeah, I'm, you know, obviously shilling for a product, but I feel like having projections this early on and we do have some of the rookies in the projections too uh is just it's just a really big edge to have that base and like have some sort of plan whereas i think most people are probably picking 
like based on like they're looking at the ADP on draft and like they're just picking their favorite guy from who's top 10 on that board. Whereas you don't have to do that because we have a whole list for you. Yeah. I mean, it just makes more sense that your returns are going to be better if you're doing it from like a numbers based or like analytical based perspective, as opposed to just being like, Oh, I I mean, I think this guy's good. Like, like Kenny stills might not be a guy I would ever have started jumping on. Had I not had the background of the projections or, or same thing for like Jack Doyle. Like I think Jack Doyle, I think we have him projected for maybe uh, like 11% of the Colts targets. And like, he's being like, he's being drafted. Like he, is a backup blocking tight end. Like he's just like not even a thing. And I, I don't think the fun just signing really hurts him all that much. Yeah, he's being drafted like 153 overall. And you start looking at the tight end projections, you know, we have him 11th tight end, which is, you know, T1 in the 12 team league or like right there. And also like once you get past a certain amount of tight ends, it's kind of like like the fantasy points per game we have on tight ends like it's very low like yeah like they're all within one fantasy point per game so you definitely kind of want to wait on tight ends and get a guy like Doyle for cheaper just makes more sense I am the other guy too that you know you mentioned liking Cincinnati um Tyler Eifert yeah he's the perfect best ball tight end He's going way like he's going even later than Doyle, and and he's great best ball like not only f- from a perspective of value, but like he's a dude who's going to score two touchdowns. Yeah, he'll have sp- he'll have spiked weeks, and then he'll have weeks with zero, which is actually what you want for best ball. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that uh, I think that I think that's good. I think that's good for today. We gave people uh, an insight into how we are using the best ball tools, how that's functioning, and uh, I hope if you guys are listening to this, I would love I would love some feedback on topics, ways that we can talk about the tools and the rankings that you guys would uh, like and appreciate. Yeah, and definitely you know, throw tool ideas at us because we're trying to build out the best ball tools. We've got the FFPC tool. We've got a draft tool right now which I think are very helpful. The next thing on the docket, once we get through like MLB, NBA overlap for DFS season. Um, so like end of April, early May, we're going to have an ADP tool. So you can compare the ADPs to our rankings. You compare the ADPs across the different best ball formats. There we go. Let's, uh, let's get after it, boys.